This is your strange and beautiful life. Hi, everybody, and welcome to This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life. My name is Erica J. Schmidt, and on my podcast, I talk to people who may or may not have transformed their lives into spectacular TED Talks. And today we have an extra special episode. It is listener questions only. So I am here with my darling bombshell of a bestie, Caroline, uh, and we have three loaded conundrums. Um, So we are going to help these people, the people out there They are stumped with their drama. They are baffled. They're heartbroken. They don't know what to do. And Caroline and Erica can't fix it, but we have thoughts. And those thoughts are coming right up infinitely. Oh, not infinitely, imminently. We'll be right back. Okay, we'll see you on the other side. Okay, love you, bye. Hi, everybody. So this episode was a slice of heaven, as Caroline always says. So the content warning today is there is mention of sexual assault in the workplace. Also, there is mention of emotional and verbal abuse. Uh, But all this is in the context of how to get help and support. And I think that you will find that Caroline's way of approaching these issues is very soothing. So as always, do take care while listening, but if you have suffered from some of the more trigger warning topics, you may find that Caroline's sage advice is just the thing. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life on all your favorite podcast platforms. Love that you're here. Wishing you a splendid day. Okay, let's get to Caroline and the show. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, so that was a fun break. We're back, and like I said, today my guest is the supremely tactful, elegant, and eloquent Caroline. Caroline is known for her reasonable decisions and excellent sense. She has her YouTube PhD in attachment trauma, toxic relationships, and facial yoga. Uh, Every week, Caroline reads a self-help book and shares what she learns with her grateful gal pals at pizza night. Caroline is impeccably qualified to solve our poor listeners' dilemmas. Caroline, welcome to This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life. I am thrilled to have you here. How are you doing? Oh, thank you, Erica. It's such a joy <laughs> to be here and, and a privilege. Thank you for having me. Dreamy Tuesday night. So yes. before we get into the questions that um, our listeners are desperate for you to answer, uh, everyone is also dying to know how we met. So should we tell them how we met? I think we should. It's a great story. Yes. So we were, we had dream jobs together. Yes. The dream job was? Catering. Yeah. Impressions catering at um, Concordia and McGill. There was like a, uh, McGill has a a residence that they turn into a hotel in Mm -hmm. the summer. And so Caroline and I were there with our beige polo shirts. Mm -hmm. 
with impressions embroidered so elegantly yeah, on the chest. Yeah, it was yeah a good lesson in fashion. Very and much so. Yeah, and Caroline was, I think you were more devoted than I were. I feel like you had more shifts, but she was like, you drove the catering van, right? I, I was wrangled into driving the catering van. I started as just a server, but then the delivery driver stopped coming to work on my second day at work. <laughs> and so the manager recruited me on the spot. And she was an natural. I would definitely trust Caroline driving me anywhere. But yeah, we had a very fun time. There were trolleys. There was like, um, there were cookies the size of our heads, lots yes. of, lots of job perks. So yeah, we had that and then we stayed friends forever. So yes. yeah. Okay. And then are you ready for our listener questions? I'm ready. Yes. Okay. <laughs> They are as not like as they are small essays as sometimes that happens. Okay, so dear Erica and Caroline, I am 39 and seven years sober. Good work. Okay, so a month ago, I met this charming and funny dude at a recovery meeting. We both seem to love stand-up comedy, nature videos, and storage solutions. Mm-hmm. This is interesting a, topics to bond over. Yeah, a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, and since he has been sober for a solid four years, I figured it was an okay idea to let myself have a crush on him, right? Because in recovery, apparently you're not supposed to date somebody who's a year or less in recovery mm-hmm. is how that works. Uh, So we went out for coffee a couple of times, and it was lovely, but he told me he still had feelings for his last girlfriend and had come to the conclusion that he wasn't yet ready to date. Mm. We agreed to be friends. He is new to town, and randomly, we ended up at the same event. I was there with my best friend, who happens to be a total knockout, like Caroline, maybe. Um, When me and my crush first ran into each other, she was in the bathroom. He and I chatted and enjoyed our regular banter. Then my best friend appeared, and it was like suddenly I didn't exist. He complimented her on her hair and her outfit and became totally transfixed. Mm. My friend has a boyfriend, and she tried to deflect his advances, but he just didn't get the hint. Like, I get that my friend is gorgeous, but it seemed really rude of him to just ignore me. Mm-hmm. We've all ended up at the same events a couple of times, and it's the same thing. He drools all over my friend, and even though my friend has said she's not interested, he exerts his <clears throat> oh. he exerts his monopolizing presence to build an impenetrable bubble around the two of him. Wow. Okay. Impenetrable bubble. <clears throat> just picture that, friends. Yeah. Um, But it's a little confusing because sometimes the dude will also flirt with me. Like at one party, there was dancing and he grinded his leg up against me. But then when he learned that my friend was in the house, he danced me across the floor so that he'd be the first one to ask her to dance at the next song. Mm. All this has proved to be terrible for my self-esteem. I feel like I am a reasonable level of attractive, but now I'm starting to wonder if I need to sign up for movie star teeth and Botox and new hair. I want to stay friendly with this dude, and I don't want to resent my best friend for being beautiful. And yet, I am starting to really dread the dynamic that arises when the three of us hang out there. How can I fix this? Love the ugly duckling. Oh my goodness. Heartbreaking for the ugly duckling. That is heartbreaking. There's a lot going on in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So what should she do, Caroline? I mean, what are your thoughts is what I mean. My thoughts, well... There, there are many things to comment on. A lot happening in the yeah, interaction. Small essay, yeah. Um, 
I think the thing that stands out to me and right away is the part where he told you when you were having coffee that he wasn't ready for a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's like, it seems he's making advances yeah. and is all over your friend. I feel like that's the key takeaway here. Yeah. Um, it sounds like he's not emotionally available and also just not very socially aware Yeah, in general. If your friend has turned down his advances and he's still like coming on so strong, that's someone who is missing some cues. It missing sounds some like. social graces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, but then it's like, why is he why is he coming on to her if he knows she has a boyfriend and he's apparently not interested? Like, is it just like an ego thing? Like, I mean, I had somebody say to me that like dudes are kind of and is this true? Like dudes are sort of like monkeys and it's just like they try to get to the hottest girl in the room. So they'll just like flock to the hottest girl in the room and try to like get her attention. And is that true? Like, are we actually thinking that about people? That seems depressing to me, but is that how it works? That is depressing. I don't know. I Maybe for some men, Mm -hmm. I don't want to generalize and say- you're very tactful (laughs) like that. (laughs) I I would hope that that's not the case for everyone. But I mean, he's making- he said that he's not ready for a relationship yeah. and he knows that it can't go anywhere with her. Mm-hmm. So maybe it feels safe. Like just he, fucking around. And maybe he doesn't do that with you because he can sense that like you're into him. So it would be more loaded, right? Yeah. It may not yeah. necessarily have to do with her being more beautiful. And mm-hmm. it's like that, that stuff is so subjective, right? It and it's just like, like sometimes it may be your insecurities that are making it about her being more beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. it it may, like that is one way to interpret it. Very fair. And like, I know, I mean, when I walk around with my besties, a lot of the time they get stopped and they're like, oh, I just had to say you're so beautiful. (laughs) It's like, well, (laughs) but like, you know, we all get that sometimes, right? So maybe, um, yeah, it might be more like maybe try to, I mean, obviously the very kind of like, 101 advice is to try not to take it so personally yeah I think it is untactful in his on his part I think it's weird that he would like grind up against your leg and then be like oh no I let's let's go let's go dance with this other chick now because I mean yeah it's inappropriate yeah and I mean it just it sounds like someone who's not maybe not so mature not very serious Mm -hmm. um and I, that would bring me to what you're looking for. Because, yeah. like, of course, who doesn't want to bond over nature videos and, like, storage, storage solutions? solutions. Those yeah. are very nice interests to share. <laughs> but, like, do you want someone who is aware socially and who's mature and who's mm-hmm. ready for a relationship? Because it sounds like the these qualities are not... <laughs> existing in this person yeah it's not enough to just like be into stand-up and and storage solutions I think that it's just so I would say it's time to move on from I I mean I can see you want to be on good terms you don't need to make a big deal out of it I'm not sure it would really I wouldn't tell this person hey when we hang out with my friend it makes me feel like I don't know would you say that 
Um, I think it depends on the kind of relationship you have, mm-hmm. but it's like he's showing himself to be maybe not the most socially aware mm-hmm. or like sensitive. And so is he a safe person to be that vulnerable with? Yeah. I mean, I I think that I would maybe wait till it feels less loaded mm-hmm. to you before you hang out with the three of them or the like uh, the three of you again. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that I would like I I would I wouldn't have a talking to him. I don't think it doesn't sound like it's worth it. No. No. Well, and the other thing, like if the hypothesis that he's just in it for the attention and like mm-hmm. it's he's doing all of these things to boost his ego, if that's true, you'll just be feeding that more mm-hmm. by coming to him with kind of this vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe be vulnerable with somebody else. Like maybe. And also the thing you can do is go to this person. Like if you're going to hang out the first time you hang out with the three of them, go to like a show or something where mm-hmm. you're just like watching and it's not all about talking. Like don't go to a party with dancing. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, do something more neutral. And, but the thing is, is you have a lot of friends and also like, Sometimes I think girls night is girls night and like Mm -hmm. don't, it's okay to add other people sometimes, but I feel like really prioritize time with your beautiful friends you like. And I wouldn't worry too much about her being more beautiful than you. I think that's like, maybe you were having a bad day. Like, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, it is so subjective. Like I'm, I'm sure like for all of the men who would say she's more beautiful, mm-hmm. like just as many would say you're, and it's not a contest anyway. No, right. And like, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, no beauty contest. And I just think we can be so mean to ourselves about what we yeah. look like. And I'm sure your friend is also mean to herself about what she yeah. looks like, like 10 out of 10, most of us are. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, once you start like nitty gritty with the, your, appearance it's endless like it will not be a good day so no no. yeah I mean I think the issue is more like this guy's awkward right I think so I think and he told you who he is he said I'm not ready for anything serious Mm -hmm. um and he's shown you that he's kind of immature and like not not a great candidate for you yeah yeah okay so I I wouldn't personalize any of that and don't do Botox or new hair no 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 yeah I mean a haircut is always nice but like yeah Botox on that for that and no 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 we don't no you could do some facial yoga but only because I don't (laughs) know it can help your jaw too in a weird way yeah Yeah. I haven't done any for a while it's uh I've fallen off of yeah your face is radiant so okay um, I think we're good with ugly duckling. You are not ugly. No. Don't call not my at friend all. ugly. And um yeah, I think that's gonna be fine. Okay. There are other fish in the sea too. Yeah, they like always this, say that. Yeah. This fellow, he might have some interesting things in common, but there are better candidates out there. Yeah, like sometimes you just get hung up on on somebody, yeah. probably because they're not available in my case, but like or you're like, oh, there's this chemistry. And sometimes there's like initial chemistry. I think that Bean Nunnerly said this on the podcast because sometimes you have initial chemistry and you have a crush on somebody. And it just means, I don't know, maybe you're going to collaborate with them on something. Maybe they're going to be your go-to person to talk about, well, storage solutions, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't mean that they're going to be your Sunday afternoon boyfriend. Like it, no. it's just so we don't always need to like go by our first impressions. So mm. very true. Okay. 
I'm pleased with that answer, Caroline. I'm pleased with your thoughts. Likewise. Okay. I think we did we did well. And um, certainly we're not the ultimate experts, but we're well-meaning <laughs> internet friends or podcast friends. Caroline, the most humble. Okay, wonderful. All right. So Caroline, are you ready for our next question? Ready. Okay. This is a messy situation. All right. Dear Erica and Caroline, last summer I was an intern at my dream company. There was this big party with an open bar and I got drunk. A bunch of my other coworkers said I was getting messy and that I should be cut off. But instead, my, bo- my boss ended up inviting me and my fellow female intern to another bar. What could possibly go wrong? I remember going to the bar and drinking more, and I'm not sure how, but suddenly my boss and I were at the bar alone. I can't remember who made the first move or how we decided to go to my apartment, but as soon as we walked in, he checked his pants. You can imagine exactly what happened. I don't know if what he did was assault, but he definitely took advantage of me. I feel like it was all my fault for drinking so much, and I feel so stupid. Before he left, my boss asked, So, what are you doing tomorrow night? I told him I was hanging out with my intern friends. He said, or you can hang out with me instead. He was clearly flirting. Caroline's shaking her head. Um, He was clearly flirting. I said no, but the whole situation makes me feel extremely gross and humiliated. Luckily, my internship was virtual, so I barely had to see the guy in person. I kept my video off during Zoom calls because I didn't want him to see me. Skip to the end of my awkward internship, and they've offered me a full-time job with this creepy guy as my boss. I've always wanted to work here, but now I don't know what to do. We're going back to hybrid soon, so I won't be able to avoid seeing him in person. This feels like a very bad start to what was supposed to be my dream career. Should I tell HR? I don't know if that would do anything, or if they'd just end up giving me the boot. I could apply to work in other departments, but that could take months or years. I don't know how to deal with this. Any advice would be appreciated. Love picked from the slosh pile. Hmm. Wow. Ugh, I hope you have some ideas. This is terrible. That is a very, that's a hard situation, uh, the, to say the least. Like, loaded, right? So loaded. Oh yeah, my goodness. He was inappropriate. <clears throat> very. Well, and yeah, I just... I I think picked, I'll call you picked. Um, picked from the slush pile. Yeah, picked. Thank you for sharing with us because it sounds just like that's a lot to experience and it takes courage to share that yeah. with anyone. So yeah. I think it's common too. Mm-hmm. And like if she's in a dream industry, what dream industry is that? I think the more the dreamier the industry, the more the dudes are going to abuse their power. Oh, I, I mean, hope. that's very not. That's like the the dudes being like monkeys and and going around the babes. I'm. I mean, that's not very optimistic, but no. it's sort of like, what do you think? Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, I mean, he definitely abused his power. Um, yeah, it's definitely unacceptable. It's definitely yeah. assault. Like it's like it, there was no consent there, right? Like in it, she was drunk and she was his intern. So zero out of zero or zero out of five. Um, I mean, I feel like there's a big risk to coming forward, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. though that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, 
it's unfortunately it might not go very well. Like they may discredit you and give you the boot, but do you want to work for a company like that? No. Um, gosh. And I mean, I think that's just what I would focus on now rather than deciding to come forward Mm -hmm. or not is on just taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, because like, I don't know, you've shared with Erica and me here on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know, you know, if you have other people in your life who know what's happened and mm-hmm. are there to support you, um, or if you have a counselor or a therapist. Mm-hmm. But I think definitely um, having some support from like safe people and some yeah. perspective is really important. Um, and just, because I hear a lot of guilt and, and shame. Self-blame also. And yeah. like, I mean, of course, we all could have drank less on several occasions. Sure, but sure. like, that was a very typical situation you found yourself. Like a lot of people drink too much at work parties. It is a good lesson because some people just don't drink at work parties for that reason because it mm-hmm. can go badly. Mm-hmm. But at the mm-hmm. same time, that does not preclude your boss being like okay I'm just gonna jump in here and like rape some of my employees right like that's another step right that is another step and you know I I think saying that you've sabotaged your career and that you've ruined everything like you're you're blaming yourself and I think that's a hard a hard place to be in mm-hmm. uh, and it's early days yeah. like you haven't it's not too late to figure no. something else out right no. yeah what do you think about her going to hr um i would honestly i don't know because i've i've heard mixed things yeah. about going to hr mm-hmm. i feel like that's like outside that <laughs> i'm not quite at that pay grade i guess to respond <laughs> well, well because I, um, it depends on the culture yeah. at your company. Mm-hmm. Um, it is getting better, right? Like, I would talk to other women yeah, who I, are working there. Because if this guy's got a slimy reputation, then that can... Because the, the risk of not going to HR is that... He just continues. He does it again. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, if if he does have some consequences who's to say that like he will just go to another company and do this like i i wouldn't go to hr with the goal of like getting rid of him yeah i think um hmm. but i think at the very least when you leave the company you should tell them like Mm. shouldn't like if somebody should know some at some point if you feel like to protect your gig right now you need to keep it to yourself Mm -hmm. then I think at least tell the other women. I think you have to tell some people at your work. I wouldn't keep it all the way to yourself, but... Um, people you trust. Yeah. Because I, I feel too, like, again, I don't know what your office political landscape is, mm-hmm. but some people could take that... Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. And, like, use it use against it against you. you. I, it really depends a lot, I think, on the culture. Mm-hmm. But first things first, you got to... Take care of yourself and process the situation so you stop yeah. blaming yourself because, yeah, you sound – I think you're young. This is, a, this is a very honest mistake. You did not deserve this. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, mistake. Like, it was a, you know, a decision that it, it, 
lots of us have already made with much less dire consequences. So mm-hmm. you need to find a way to uh, forgive whatever part of you you're blaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, get some, so get a little professional help, talk to some close friends, um, sort of find some peace and figure out what would, what would give you peace. And I, I would also say try to switch departments. Like that seems like a pretty good solution, even if it will take a while. Yeah. And the other thing I was curious about, because you were saying that this is like your dream job, mm-hmm. your dream career. And that's so like not all of us have that mm-hmm. like right out the gate we yeah. land that mm-hmm. so that's amazing mm-hmm. but what about it is your dream job yeah, right. like could you live that dream at another company mm-hmm. um, right or you know she's done the internship too right yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh but then oh goodness but then I thought oh yeah right but then she can't get a reference if she maybe but she can get the reference from somebody else at the company but yeah I can see it's very it's very complicated we feel for you picked yeah Um, we do but you were saying yeah could she find a way to get her dream situation somewhere else yeah I would I would at least look at your options because if you you know you've been very successful it Mm -hmm. sounds like already you landed this internship that was in the career path that you're wanting to be on. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you succeeded because they've offered you a position at the end of it. Mm -hmm. So like clearly you're good at what you're doing. Yeah. And um, I'm sure there are many other opportunities out there. Like if, if working, staying on at this company is going to be too like just fraught for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my 13 therapist, Karen, whenever I'm in a funk, she always says, like, she's always trying to find, she's, she wants me to look at my resources. She's like, how are you resourced? You know, you have mm-hmm. like, you know, you have your physical health, you have intelligence, you have whatever. She's like, so try to find where you have the power here. And yeah. I think you do have a lot of power in this situation. You have the knowledge Absolutely. of what happens, you have your talent, you have the position they've offered you. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say try to find where you can be empowered and absolutely. I think that's great advice. Um because you do have power and I think in time, like just taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. getting support and perspective from others, you'll see that, you know, the guilt that you're feeling and the mm-hmm. angst um will not be weighing so heavily yeah okay yeah but sorry that happened to you that's very yeah. shitty you you don't des- nobody deserves we don't like your boss that experience and yeah that's, he, yeah oh and the other thing i was thinking because you mentioned going back to hybrid so you wouldn't be able to avoid him mm-hmm. and like let's say you want to stay there or like it's just slow and complicated to move and Mm -hmm. you have to stick it out for a bit. But I would say, um, like document any inappropriate. Oh, that's very good advice. Yeah. That he makes text messages, emails also like, and just, yeah, take no shit. Right. Cause he's Mm -hmm. already really flunked out. So like anything else that you can call him on. Yeah, definitely. Like just at, document and judicious boundaries like Mm -hmm. if you can be in a meeting with someone else and him or Mm -hmm. you know make sure that 
his door is open, like if you have to go into his office, just, I would say just be very um, vigilant, even though yeah. that, that also takes energy and yeah. is, is a bit of a fraught situation to mm-hmm. be in. And but, a buzzkill at your dream job. But yeah, it sounds like that's going to be necessary. But yeah, I have faith. I feel confident that you will get another dream job, whether or not too. you take this one now or like or go to find something else. I think yeah. that, yeah, think it's, so. it's too, there. like your life is not a series of mistakes. It's not defined by one decision or mistake. So, no. okay. Well, let us know how it goes. Please do. Write We're us back. Thinking of you. Absolutely picked. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. Well, Caroline is succinct. She's very efficient at giving advice. So you ready? We just have one more question. One more. Yes. Okay. So, oh, this one is, all right. So here we go. Dear Erica and Caroline, I am an aspiring singer who earns her living as a public servant. Over the pandemic, I hung out incessantly with an older man I'll call my bubble buddy. Mm -hmm. We were both single at the time, but he did not seem available due to health reasons and a fresh divorce. Mm -hmm. Now that'll do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Though I did not fall in love with him, we became inseparable and I became attached. Mm -hmm. At first it was a dream, but within a few months, BB started to criticize and belittle me. Though this started out subtle, he soon became he soon became volatile and cruel, and I spent my life walking on eggshells. I couldn't sleep. I stopped singing and no longer enjoyed any of my favorite things. My friends and my therapist all agreed that my bubble buddy had crossed a line into emotional abuse. Mm. Though I pride myself on never walking away from people, after a painful and dramatic showdown, I had to end the friendship. I've been able to maintain no contact for more than a year. I still miss my bubble buddy every day, but overall life has gotten better. I'm back to sleeping through the night and I'm singing and posting my work online. Mm. I'm writing because for the first time last weekend, I ran into my bubble buddy on the way to the grocery store. Oh no. Mm. My bubble buddy took his headphones out and asked me how I was. I said fine, but I couldn't think of anything to say except, it's raining. It is raining, bubble buddy replied. Your hair looks nice. Enjoy the day. I feel so stupid for not having been able to talk about anything besides the weather. I keep thinking that maybe he'll reach out and I can ask regular questions and seem like an intelligent and articulate human being. But I know he won't write to me, and I feel like I lost my one fleeting chance to connect. I know I'm overthinking this, but I can't stop thinking about it. Any thoughts? Love, standing on the sidewalk in the rain, talking about the weather oh Oh, standing standing. (laughs) (laughs) okay caroline oh this is a tough one yeah and yeah that would be so painful to have like this really close friendship but then it becomes abusive and to lose it and have to grieve that loss Uh even though like it sounds like it's it's definitely for the best if you're yeah feeling better with some some time and distance. Yeah, and I think that people underestimate the role of friendships in our lives, particularly mm-hmm. a COVID friendship, but it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, everybody's ready to like take you out for pizza and send you flowers when you get divorced, you have a breakup. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, let's go have ice cream. 
But like friends are very important and like I am not a fan of breaking up with friends if I can help it. It's terrible, right? Like, I mean, and it is just, it's a little more subtle too. Like what are the reasons Mm -hmm. for ending a friendship, right? Because you could in theory just like have dinner with somebody a few times a year, fade them out. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and it's also very jarring to have been in a relationship, like a friendship where you were with somebody every day, like a lot of us were with our pandemic people and then just not you know, talk to them at all. Yeah, that would be so jarring when they're like such a big part of like a a weird routine during Mm -hmm. COVID, but like, you know, kind of a a lifeline for innocence and And then to just not be in contact. Those COVID years were so long, like 2021 was like a decade, right? So it's like if you're you're hanging out with whoever you hung out with in 2021, it's like the relationship times 10 or something, right? Like especially here in Quebec, it was very austere. Oh, indeed. I don't know if this listener is from Quebec, but... uh, (laughs) If they are, then yeah. there's like a whole other layer. Yeah, of the relationship intensity. was very cemented. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that was very courageous of you to get out of the friendship. It's yeah. very hard, especially like with an attachment like that. It sounds like, yeah, maybe had a bit of power over you also. So, yeah. that can be really hard to take flight from. So, mm-hmm. congratulations on, you know, making that choice for yourself because. Here's what we say at This Is Your Beautiful, Strange and Beautiful Life is abuse is never okay. Like it's never, never okay, you know, like, I don't know, I guess people can be accountable. Like sometimes we have messy dynamics and people can be accountable for that. But Mm -hmm. like, if you are not sleeping, if you're having to like, if you're calling people crying all the time, like if you are like a shell of the person you were before, Mm, these people are not worth it. No, not at all. And you have to, it's so painful, but you have to take distance and take Mm -hmm. care of yourself. Yeah. You are the most important person in this. Um, so yeah, the run in, in terms of like what to say when you run into these people, Mm. you know, I know it's, I'm hearing that you're not happy with what you said, Mm -hmm. but I think like from what I know about emotional abuse, like if it was an emotionally abusive relationship, what you said was spot on excellent you want to keep exchanges short and Uh neutral yeah and and you did that yeah and sometimes in an abusive situation I don't know if did she mention gaslighting I'm not sure but um the abusive person will undermine your reality and so Mm -hmm. you'll be like but when you do this it hurts my feelings and they'll make up a whole story about like why it was your fault Mm -hmm. and you end up feeling crazy that's why like that's what gaslighting does. You just go through your life feeling crazy. That's why you can't sleep. That's why you can't do anything Mm -hmm. um, except like rehash this like bonkers relationship. And Mm -hmm. so um, when somebody is undermining your reality, a very safe thing to say is, oh, it's raining, right? Because what are they going to say? And it they can't dispute that. He's it, like, it, it, indeed, it was raining. You both saw it and you're not talking about your inner life or anything that mm-hmm. they could sort of pick at about you. with it. So. And I think it's a well, low to high grade blessing that your hair looked nice. Like yeah, that absolutely. is, I'm very pleased that your hair looked nice and that, you know, he managed to say one nice thing to you. Yes. Um, but so congratulations on your excellent hair. I mean, do you have anything else? One thing I I was thinking about, um, because you were just disappointed and sort you want you were saying you hope that you could 
show him that you have intelligent things to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like if you have another opportunity and like your observation about it, it raining was not good enough. But I wonder, cause like you were talking about gaslighting mm -hmm. and, um, I think when you're in that kind of relationship where your reality is just called into question and undermined, you want the person to see the real you. Yeah. And it's like you have, on the one hand, seemingly this close dynamic, mm -hmm. but then they're undermining your sense of reality. So it's like they don't fully see you. Yeah. And it hurts. And I think that even after you leave a relationship like that, like that wish to be seen for you mm -hmm. remains. Yeah. And that's something that you have to grieve because yeah. yeah it's like you didn't really get to have a real relationship like the mm -hmm. the good parts felt real and beautiful but like they were so conditional right like yeah. they weren't really you weren't really safe in that you weren't really yourself because you were trying to sort of like damage control any reaction he might have um and then you say at the end like that you ruined your one chance to connect with him mm -hmm. and you did not because he ruined the chance to connect with you. He, he lost that privilege when he started treating you like garbage. So yes. I, I would, if you can take that off yourself, like it's just, it's so hard because I find these people are very captivating. And mm -hmm. the thing with abuse is that like, it's not all bad. So mm -hmm. it's very confusing. And I mean, speaking from some experience, like nothing feels like more of relief when, than when a toxic dynamic is repaired, mm -hmm. albeit temporarily. You're mm -hmm. just like, oh, thank God, because mm -hmm. like I, I've been in an abusive situation and I felt like I was going to die. And then when there was hope of repair, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to die anymore. Yeah, But absolutely. you will like, you haven't died. You've been out for a year. So proud of you. And mm -hmm. Like nothing good is going to come of talking to this person for like much more than like 30 seconds, I don't think. No, I think and I hope that you don't have future run-ins. But mm -hmm. if you do, I think the weather is just the right mm -hmm. conversation topic. Yeah. And like, I mean, I have also like I had um, an abusive situation and I have also run into this person on the way to the grocery store. And mm -hmm. one time I just turned around. I mm -hmm. was just like, oh, I can't. I can't. I can't ask him how his summer went. I can't. I can't say it's hot. Like there's nothing. I just, just my body just like sort of panicked. And I turned around before. I'm not sure if he saw me, but I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. And I wondered like, oh, should I have, um, you know, made the effort? Like was I exaggerating? But it was like, no, no, I think your body's wise. And I think maybe yours also is wise and was just like, freeze talk about the weather right yeah, so yeah. that's what it took to to um keep you safe self-preservation yeah. like a protective instinct almost. yeah and there's you know it's just we need to be with people who fill us up we cannot mm -hmm. be with people who um make us hold our breath mm -hmm. actually i feel like have i said this i don't know if i it I don't know if I've read this on the the podcast before, but yeah, I'm going to read this to you. It's by Anne Lamott. I oh, read this excellent. while I was in an abusive an abusive friendship also. Oh, this a, I like this book, by the way. Yeah, it's Bird, Bird by, by Bird, Bird by Anne Lamott, my hero. Mm. Uh, 
advice, some instructions on writing and life. And so I remember I had a gay husband. I remember as if as though I could forget <laughs> once upon a time. And it got very, it got just amazingly, amazingly terrible. Just mm-hmm. and I remember we were on this weekend and we'd had like the seventeenth fight of the weekend and it was just volatile, volatile, always my fault. Mm-hmm. I was it was so bad I was recording the mm-hmm. I was recording the arguments. Mm-hmm. Always a bad sign, kids. Yeah. Not like not something you are gonna be able to repair. But I remember reading this that night. I went to bed after the big explosion. Okay, so Anne Lamott went shopping with her friend Pammy, who was dying of cancer. Okay, so she went to buy it. She went to she went to buy a, a dress with Pammy. Okay, so oh, and I guess I forgot to say is that this this chapter is about giving people. It's called someone to read your drafts. So it's about receiving feedback from people. Okay, so like getting constructive criticism uh, from the people in your life. Okay, mm-hmm. so. About a month before my friend Pammy died, she said something that, might, that may have permanently changed me. We had gone shopping for a dress for me to wear that night to a nightclub with the man I was seeing at the time. Pammy was in a wheelchair, wearing her queen mum wig, the easy rider look in her eyes. I tried on a lavender mini dress, which is not my usual style. I tend to wear big, baggy clothes. People used to tell me I dressed like John Goodman. Anyway... <laughs> The dress fit perfectly, and I came out to model it for her. I stood there feeling very shy and self-conscious, and pleased. Then I said, do you think it makes my hips look too big? And she said to me, Annie, I really don't think you have that kind of time. And I don't think you have that kind of time either. I don't think you have time to waste not writing because you are afraid you won't be good enough at it. And I don't think you have time to waste on someone who does not respond to you with kindness and respect. You don't want to spend your time around people who make you hold your breath. Mm. You can't fill up when you're holding your breath. Mm-hmm. And writing, or in your case, singing, is about filling up. Mm-hmm. Filling up when you are empty, letting images and ideas and smells run down like water, just as writing is also about dealing with the emptiness. Uh, the emptiness destroys enough writers and artists and singers without the help of some friend or spouse. Mm. So, yeah, we don't have time. No, nobody has nobody time. Nobody has time. For... And, like, okay. just, you know that the fact that you're back singing, you're back sleeping, you know this was the right thing, too. Mm-hmm. So you gave that guy plenty of time. I'm sure there was some learning in the COVID bubble. We all learned a lot in the COVID bubble. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Things ha- we... Don't necessarily want to learn sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes, right? And sometimes the learning is over and we can move, we can move on. We can walk, we can walk across the street. Um, So good work standing in the sidewalk in the rain. Well done, standing. We applaud you. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Caroline. Okay, that's the end of our questions. Um, The only thing I... Caroline has excellent boundaries, so we weren't going to go deep into her life, but I wondered if you wanted to tell people about your laundry routine, because it's quite, um, <laughs> Caroline is quite savvy with um, life-changing, life-changing devices, and um, oh. you, we don't have to do it, but if you, <laughs> if you sure. want to tell our listeners about the Wonder Wash, I'm sure they'd be riveted. Oh, I can only imagine how <laughs> riveted people are going to be about the Wonder Wash. Um, if you or someone you know would like to wash your clothes <laughs> by turning <laughs> like a plastic 
container that's suspended on two plastic legs. It's like a cylinder, right? Basically, okay. yeah. You you fill the cylinder with your detergent, water, and your clothes that you're washing, and then you just turn it, mm-hmm. and it it mimics the agitation of a washing machine. And it's good wrist physio, right? Like you broke your wrist, and then your wrist healed faster <laughs> than everybody else's because you're like washing your underwear every like almost every day, right? You have to do it pretty regularly, don't you? To stay on top of one's laundry, it has to be done pretty regularly. I would say I'm not there okay. now. <laughs> well, but... you and many other people. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's because I mean, there's only so much that this cylinder can hold. Mm-hmm. So, but it's good for the environment, right? I is. think it saves water, also electricity, all of that. It's a very sustainable option. It's compact, very, mm-hmm. um, and cost effective too. Right. I my washer dry died years yeah, ago. Yeah, they die. <laughs> a they don't make death. they don't make washers the way they used to. No, the planned obsolescence, yeah. the, the computer died and I just didn't have a budget to repair or mm-hmm. replace it. Yeah. And so the Wonder Wash. Right. But then there's the second part of the Wonder Wash is like a, a giant salad spinner that you like, you can spin it and like you turn it and then it dries your clothes kind of like it takes the edge off so you can hang them up. Well, so I started with like just... I started with just the Wonder Wash. Right. And that was exciting because I would just put my clothes directly on the clothesline and it was like a monsoon. Yeah, like the, yeah. the water would just pour down. Like a patio into- <laughs> shower for your landlady downstairs. Yes. But that was not sustainable in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is, it's like an electric, very large salad spinner. Okay. And it spins very quickly, but it really does, like, you You put a container where the spout is, and an impressive amount of water comes out. Wow, that <laughs> and sounds pretty fun. It's very fun. Yeah, and, and Caroline always smells divine, too, so, like, you don't <laughs> need to worry you. about hygiene or anything like that. No, I think, I, I will say that I think it washes better, mm-hmm. um... In some ways, but it is, it is a project. Yeah. Like it okay. makes laundry a bit it's, of a project. It is a manual situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe the Wonder Wash would like to sponsor This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life, um, but I haven't heard from them yet, but that's your first, uh, that's sort of our first plug for the Wonder Wash. Um, yes. They one- could send you a Wonder Wash. Oh my gosh. A Wonder Wash. What a dream. Yeah. So that, that's. That's exciting. What we just shared was really exciting. I didn't want anybody to miss out on that. So Caroline, is there anything, we are going to sing a beautiful song just momentarily, but is there anything you would like to share with our listeners? Like we always ask if there's one thing you could change about the world, what would it be? If you don't have an answer, that's fine. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be noble. Like, do you have any suggestions or TED Talk topics? That's a lovely question. I'm trying to think. Um, I think one thing that I would change about the world is I just wish that sort of built into our standard work routines and like all of the things that we have to do to survive in mm-hmm. the world. I wish that like there was 
sort of space built in to just be mm-hmm. and to just be be ourselves like um because i think it's very easy to just be swept away with um the demands of your work mm-hmm. and whatever else all of the sort of roles that you play yeah. in life mm-hmm. and not to say that there isn't good in serving those but it's like i wish that there was like built in <laughs> like just a little bit of space where mm-hmm. everyone could just take a breath and not yeah worry have to worry about you know making enough money surviving mm-hmm. they could just just be for a it's little very bit. tight like life is tight you know like yeah. even for us to like I don't have a job but like even for us to be like to set up an mm-hmm. extra evening to hang out right like we're pretty good about our weekly pizza nights but mm-hmm. it's like it feels it just feels like there's not a lot of breathing space for people yeah and people are very tired mm-hmm. and so and it's a lot of there's a lot of pressure to try to make it in this world it just feels like it's less forgiving mm-hmm. than it used to be like even Montreal right like it just like you know so little can break the bank like vegetables um yeah 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 well, that's a good answer yeah spa days the company should send you on spa days but not with the other not with your not co-workers with, like yeah everybody has a solo spa day by the yes. like no co-workers that's not fun I mean <laughs> yeah naps like just like more like more treating people as people and not robots and like it's it's so transactional yeah very much Mm -hmm. so and yeah it just I don't know there's just a sense of like everyone is just racing to Mm -hmm. well not everyone but yeah (laughs) like the the mood these days that I see is just um just having to really hustle to make it it's frantic yeah okay well, I hope that I hope that that changes. I hope that all the get things my guests have wanted to change about the world happened, especially what you said, and also Francesca wanted more like high quality donut stores in Montreal too. So that's a we have a, a nice range, wish. and I I hope all of this for the world. Um, so this has been great, and we are going to come right back with a just a beautiful song for everybody so hang tight (laughs) one more surprise for you okay thanks everybody for listening we'll see you on the other side okay friends we're back for everybody's favorite segment the half bad ukulele with erica and friends so we have chosen a an oldie today. It is One Fine Day. Who sang this, Caroline? I believe it was the Shirelles. I'm sure you're right. And then also Carol King did a, a great cover too. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Google the words and sing along. I mean, Caroline is kind of a virtuoso singer, so it's not going to be as bad <laughs> no. as usual or <laughs> it's not always bad. <laughs> Sometimes it's bad. Okay, sing loud and proud. This is this is fun, fun song. Here okay. We go. Um. One fine day, you'll look at me, and you will know our love was meant to be. One fine day, you're gonna. Girl. 
times I've longed for will open wide, and you'll be proud to have me right by your side. One fine day, you're gonna want me for your Codependent song. I it mean, if, if men don't see your or people don't see your value from the get go, I don't think you should give them that many chances. But I don't think so either. But you know, in a way, it reminded me of our two of our listeners. That's right. The uh, um standing in the sidewalk on the rain. Yeah, a little bit, and also the first. Oh yeah, what was her? Oh, the ugly duckling. The yeah, ugly duckling. people don't know what they're missing. And people don't know. And the hell with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a fine day now, regardless. Yeah, it's already a fine day. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay, <laughs> Caroline, this has been the best. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Do you have anything else you want to add? Nothing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Okay, wonderful. All right, everybody. Uh, it's already a fine day, and this is your strange and beautiful life, and we will see you on the other side. <laughs> Wait, let's do One fine day, you're gonna want me for your one fine day. You're gonna want me for your one fine day. You're gonna want me for your girl. Woo! (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Delightful. Oh my goodness, that was a fine, fine day with my darling bestie, Caroline. Caroline, thank you so much for your generous and compassionate presence and for your excellent sense. Thank you everyone for listening. When you get the chance, it would be so spectacular if you could please leave a kind and enthusiastic five-star review on your favorite podcast platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. And thank you, as always, to my darling big sister, Tess Levitt, who helped me refine the inspiration for this podcast. Be sure to check out episode nine, The Big Heart Journey with Tess Levitt. Thank you to Sherwin Tijia, my creative and technical advisor and most cherished friend. Thank you to my dearly departed aunt, Eileen Gunn, whose surprise and generous gift allowed me to purchase new podcast equipment. And that's it. Let's get to the theme song. This is your strange and beautiful life. 
Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. See you soon. Love you. Bye.